It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. We've got our man Jake Ellen Bogan with us on again today. We're going to have fun as usual. Uh, we're picking up our conversation from last week. We're going to talk about some crazy trade ideas that he wrote about on an article over at Downtown Rams, as well as getting to the new CBA, because this thing is every day, it seems like there's something new to talk about when it comes to the CBA. So we got a great show for you guys today. Jake, how you doing, my man? I'm great, man. How are you? I am awesome. I'm excited to have you on per usual. Um, we're going to look to maybe next week do get back into some of our mock drafts again. We did one already. Uh, I kind of told the listeners yesterday that we'll kind of build a rule of not picking anyone from our first mock draft to kind of mix it up a little bit. Uh, and see maybe some of the other options that may come together as we do that. So we'll look to kind of do that next week. Don't forget to go find us on social media. You can find Jake at JK Bogan DTR as well as at Downtown Rams. They've got an awesome group of writers over there putting up content every day. So go check out the website as well. And if you're interested in you know throwing down some articles, uh, reach out to Jake and, and join the team. Uh, you can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear as well as Locked On Rams all accounts. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you guys know the deal. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate you guys reaching out and listening every single day. Your team every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But with that, an awesome show in front of us, so let's just get right into it. Les Need is known for wheeling and dealing, and here are a few crazy trades that might shake up the offseason. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Rams, and this is your lead story. Jake, you posted an article a few weeks ago called 10 Crazy Ideas to Spice Up the Rams Offseason. I absolutely loved it from top to bottom. It created a stir on uh, social media as people were reacting to some of these because these are kind of out in left field. And you labeled it right there in the headline. Uh, but I want to take a deep dive into a few of these because no better place to start than QB1. And Sean McVay spoke at the Combine yesterday and he talked with extreme optimism and excitement about where Jared Goff is trending and looking back at the last five games of last season and getting this offense back to where it was in 2018 and, and even in 2017. But your first two ideas in that article were trading Jared Goff. So one was for Matt Stafford. The other one was for the potential number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. So talk to me about those two ideas. Which one do you like better? Why? And how could you see it actually getting done? A great question. Obviously, you know, I, I like the idea of getting Joe Burrow. Um, but I think that the idea of getting Matthew Stafford is honestly realistic. Um, I think it's something that, you know, I, I've I think the world of Matthew Stafford. Let me just make that very clear. I understand people like to use the the no playoff thing. That has not been his fault. He's played some really good football. He's the Tony Romo of his era. You know, that is the perfect example of Matthew Stafford, somebody that is constantly ragged on. Oh, well, you know, he had 
Megatron. So now he doesn't, and now he's not as good. That's just an ignorant take that I see all the time. I mean, this is somebody that is constantly, you know, one of the top leading, you know, passers in the league, somebody that has a rocket arm, um, somebody that has, you know, he's calm, cool, collected in the pocket, and he just hasn't had the defense. So I'm a huge Matthew Stafford fan. Uh, Jerry Goff has worried me. Um, so, you know, when I was throwing this together, it sounds crazy. And, and that's kind of where I was intending. I'm not saying I would 100% do this, but out of all of them, I think the Matthew Stafford trade makes the most sense. You get a third rounder, Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. If you take on Matthew Stafford's whole, uh, contract, or if you want, you get Matthew Stafford and you give up a third and Jared Goff and they eat, let's say half of Stafford's contract. So, I think Stafford is a better quarterback. I think Stafford makes sense if this team is trying to win right now. I know people will say, well, Jared Goff led us to the Super Bowl. I'd say that's half true. I think Jared Goff played well in, you know, key moments, uh, especially, you know, against the Saints. But I was not overly impressed. And I would not say Jared Goff led the Rams to the Super Bowl. I think, you know, the running attack of CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley led them past Dallas and obviously selling out to stop Ezekiel Elliott in that running game. And then I think the Saints game, you know, Jared made a, a few good plays, but let's not, you know, d- discount how big the defense was in that game and how big the special teams was. And then the Super Bowl, Jared Goff didn't get it done. So, you know, th- that's when I think one thing to look at when you're looking at Jared Goff, too, is even when you saw the struggles in this most re- recent year is like some of the other quarterbacks around and even looking at Matt Stafford, who has had some interesting lack of talent teams, shall you say. And he's been able to still find a way to put up points, make those crazy fourth quarter comebacks, looking at a guy even like Russell Wilson here in our own division. He hasn't had a bunch of help at the O-line and they've had struggles there as well, but still finding a way to get those things done. And we haven't seen Jared Goff still in his young career be able to kind of take the team on their on his shoulders and make those big plays and those kind of moving the chains Um, you know, moments as well as some of the things that we talked a little bit off air about some of the big mistakes that he's had. And and you've seen that kind of eat up on him during and throughout the game. So interesting thing here for it. And like you said, the money is really what kind of makes this interesting Matt Stafford owed a bunch, but the cap hits are definitely different. And if the Rams then decided to move on from Stafford, the dead cap penalties are so different as far as, uh, you know, Stafford is definitely cheaper as far as getting out of that contract if it didn't work out for the Rams. So really, this is in a sense in a vision, one, to get another quarterback, but two, to kind of get out of that contract, which some Rams fans and people around uh, the league have thought that, you know, the organization gave it to him too early and too much. But uh, it's an interesting one. The other one is interesting as well. And as you said, you know, you probably would like the Matt Stafford one uh, if you got to pick. And again, these are all just kind of uh, crazy trade offseason ideas, but the other one going to the Bengals and getting Joe Burrow in that number one pick, uh, which would be interesting because it's reuniting uh, Jared Goff with Zach Taylor, and and he's very familiar with uh, you know what Jared Goff is capable of, has worked with him in the past. So those kind of things also make sense. But again, you think that maybe Zach Taylor might want to go his own way. A lot of hype with uh, Joe Burrow. Both of those guys, uh, if you haven't checked, have nine inch hands, uh, which is always a big story coming out of the combine, but. Uh, Something to keep an eye on. That was my favorite one. What we're going to do is we're going to jump over to our next segment. We're going to talk a little bit. There's a couple other ideas on here 
uh, that start to get a little bit more realistic in my eyes. And I want to kind of take your thoughts on some of those. So we're going to kick over the second segment. We got more with Jake Ellenbogen, Lockdown Rams, Thursday, right after this. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we're talking 10 crazy ideas to spice up the Rams offseason. If you guys didn't get a chance to go check this article out, it's over at Downtown Rams. Uh, Jake Ellenbogen, who we have on the show today, wrote this. And uh, it looks like you had a bunch of fun with this because you got to get crazy. You got to come up with a bunch of ideas. Uh, You got some good reactions from people (laughs) online that take things way too serious. But also at the same time, uh, it started a conversation of of how, you know, the Rams could look at their current Mm -hmm. money situation as well as adding and bringing in value, whether it's in players, picks and other things like that. Um, But, you know, we know, as we mentioned, you know, Sean McVay spoke the other day and he was speaking so highly of Tyler Higby talked about, you know, we have big plan for him in 2020. So with that in mind, and we've talked about it here on the show multiple times of what the Rams are going to do moving forward at that tight end position. But a guy like Gerald Everett is there and uh, you have them trading with the Patriots. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, where you came up with this and how it worked out and who the Rams might get back. And again, just kind of looking at moving on from, uh, both those tight ends and really focusing in on Tyler Higby. Yeah. So, you know, I think you really can't discount these relationships that are made uh, through these past trades. And I think the Rams uh, and the Patriots are going to obviously be connected because of the two Super Bowls that they've, you know, played in. Um, but people are not, you know, realizing they've now made three trades. They could easily make another. And that's just within the last two years, I believe. So, yeah. Two, three years. So, you know, th- this is definitely something they could do. They made a, a couple trades with the Patriots uh, this past draft, um, one that involved Bobby Evans, the trade up, and then one of them yeah. involved the trade up for uh, Daryl Henderson. And, you know, to me, that that is the first signal. Um, you know, I've been following like lately I've been following hockey a ton, and the trade deadline just came through and I, it was, I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I it was loved like 48 it. But, trades. You know, or something I actually, like that? I'm, I'm a fan. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, it's the best trade deadline. Just no one talks about it in a 24 hour period. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it was tough. I saw it and I was like 48 trades and or whatever it was in that 24 hour period. But I looked at it and it's like 90% names I can't pronounce. And I was like, I wish I knew hockey more. That seems really exciting, but that's kind of what sometimes this off season, in the NFL as some of these big moves happen, um, and so, yeah, continue on. I kind of cut you off there, but, um, you know, talking about talking about our tight end yeah, situation. Well, the reason I brought that up and obviously I kind of wanted to make a just a little 
minor push to add some hockey in here. No, I'm kidding. But, um, but I mean, <laughs> like for instance, I, I've become a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. I also like Vegas. Don't judge me. But, um, the Oilers made a trade for uh, Andreas Athanasiu uh, from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Ken Holland, their GM, is the former GM for the Red Wings. So that connection, um, you know, led to that trade. But the day before the trade deadline they acquired mike green a defenseman from none other than the red wings so the oilers made two trades with that same team what you'll find more and more is that these relationships that you know these gms build you have to call these guys and you have to be like hey you have to do the dirty work you have to you know why go through you know the effort and I know this sounds kind of lame, but this is kind of my process. Why go through the effort of trying to figure out how somebody negotiates when you already know? I mean, if Les Snead is yeah. comfortable speaking with, you know, Bill Belichick or uh, Nick Casario or, or whoever he's speaking with uh, for the Patriots, why wouldn't he just go with that? It's the same thing with, well, he, you know, worked in the, the Falcons facility. You know, he worked in their front office. He knows Thomas Dimitrov. He knows Scott Pioli. Why wouldn't he give him a call? You know, it, it, you're more likely, obviously, if you're looking for a particular pa- uh, player, you may not have that relationship. But, you know, with the Rams, same thing, you know, with Jacksonville. They they made the trade for Jalen Ramsey. The year before, they made the trade for Dante Fowler. So yeah, it, this is exactly why I kind of honed in on the Patriots. And then I looked at how can the Rams get better? And I know it sounds crazy, but I'll... I'll double down on this Gerald Everett will not be a Los Angeles Ram when the season starts it will not happen um I am 1000% convinced that they are trading him uh they have moved on they you know he was the first draft pick in Sean McVay's uh head coaching career there's you know a little bit of that honeymoon type of feel like oh yeah this is awesome and then they realized he's not getting it He's he's, you know, has this unbelievable talent. Uh, he has, you know, the, the ceiling. But the thing about a ceiling is that you may never reach it. And I'm starting to wonder Gerald's lack of uh, blocking ability is actually causing him to not even see the field. Whereas Tyler Higby and keep in mind, does take tight ends a little longer. Tyler Higby is finally catching on, but is it Tyler Higby finally catching on or did the Rams finally start using him in the way he was supposed to be used going back to Western Kentucky? I think it's a little bit here in the middle because, you know, at Western Kentucky, he was more of a receiving uh, tight end, somebody that was, you know, dubbed baby Gronk when he came to the Rams. And I think people, you know, just looked at him like that. But when he finally improved his blocking, he became an all around guy. It's kind of like this. Okay. In, for instance, in basketball, you can have your three and D guy. But if you can just hit a three and you can't play defense, bro, you're coming in in situational on a situational basis. We can't trust you to defend, right. you know, the, their best player. It's the same thing with blocking. If you're a tight end and I am I'm willing to take and keep in mind, this is a Rams team that uses a ton of slot receiver, you know, play. They use three. Sometimes they use four receivers. I am taking one of my top receivers off the field to put you on. But why should I do that? Give me one reason. 
well, I'm a good receiver. Okay, well, so is Jar- uh, you know, Josh Reynolds, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Robert Woods, Brandon Cook. So why am I putting you there? I if you can't block, you're not gonna you're you're just not gonna be on the field. And that's the thing is I saw that more and more with Tyler Higby. I saw that with Johnny Munt, who funny enough was actually an athletic pass catcher in college, suffered from a few gruesome injuries at Oregon and now here he is he's the best blocking tight end on the team but it just kind of goes to show you where Gerald Everett has kind of lost his place and that you know that second round pick some organizations would look at that and be like well this guy's the second round pick we don't let him go okay that's not happening the Rams I don't see that yeah, and that's just not the way that, you know, Lesney does business, right? He's He's been able to move so many pieces, even trading picks to get guys and then trading those guys, as I'm talking about Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, right around in the next year. So um, he is always open to kind of moving things, taking a loss, or finding value in players and picks. So uh, as you talk about this, you talked about um, you think the Patriots are a great partner in a trade, made great sense talked about why Gerald Everett is the last man out, but talk to me a little bit about who you see the Rams getting back, the value coming back from, you know, this trade that you kind of came up with here. Yeah. It's the stud uh, linebacker, Jawan Bentley. Um, you know, he, he's young, uh, but, and I, I would totally understand if the Patriots didn't want to trade him, but they're just not, they're not an organization that screams to me, Hey, you know, we're not going to do this trade X, Y, and Z. You know, they they will listen. And if it's not outlandish, they'll make the move. They're not afraid to bring in, uh, you know, talent, however they can get it. Gerald Everett would be their number one tight end, and it wouldn't be close. Obviously, they'd like a blocking tight end. Um, you know, we'll see what they do if they bring back old man Ben Watson, uh, you know, Matt. Lacoste, I mean, like guys like that, that they have. Uh, Ryan Izzo is somebody that I really liked coming out of Florida State in the draft. Um, But, you know, we'll see. However, I think Gerald Everett does offer that upside for the Patriots. I think the Patriots severely miss a Gronkowski over the middle. Gronkowski was also a phenomenal blocker. So in a sense, it doesn't make a ton of sense in that regard. But Gerald Everett isn't going to be asked to be Gronkowski. He's going to be asked to be a tight end that can catch the football. And they do not have that on the roster right now. I don't care what you say. He would easily be the number one tight end, even with his faults as a blocker. So Bentley, to me, would help the Rams because Bentley is a linebacker. Bentley has already had success in the NFL. I believe he's 24 um, they have a Landon Roberts, they have Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins. They're, they're all free agents. So why on earth would they bring Bentley back? Well, if you could grab Gerald Everett and then sign those guys with that familiarity, I wouldn't be surprised if they let, you know, Bentley go in this trade. Uh, maybe the Rams would even have to offer, you know, a sweetener, like a pick or something like that. But look, he suffered an injury in 2018. Um, he was awesome at the beginning of that season was awesome. He played exactly, he is the Patriot that, I mean, he is exactly what the Patriots look for in linebackers. Uh, So, you know, I'd say this, Everett's a talent. Everett's a former second round pick. You got to give up talent to get talent. And I think. And the interesting thing is you're looking at their tight end room. As you said, they definitely need a guy. Uh, You know, we saw the Seahawks already make a move and go get Greg Olson. Uh, You got Hooper out there, but he's going to command big dollars. It's also 
Um, Hunter Henry, who also should command some big dollars. Are the Patriots that type of team that go out and do big, splashy free agent signings? Not typically in the past. As you look, they're kind of more using talent and letting them move on before that big contract hits. So this is kind of why this one kind of makes a little sense. And of course, you never know what the Patriots are going to do. They always got something up their sleeve. But I like this one. It's interesting. It takes, it finds value with Gerald Everett, finds a good team, a good fit for him. It also brings back a good need as far as a linebacker here with the Rams with what we don't know is going to happen in this offseason. So this one, when you when I wrote this one, kind of popped out because me and you have talked multiple times here. Uh, you doubled down on it today and said Gerald Everett won't be with the Rams. But, you know, I think I'm kind of on that similar line as you're looking at pieces you can move. Uh, it's not going to save a bunch of money, but if you can go out and get a player for player type of deal, working with a team like the Patriots, as you look back to that Brandon Cooks trade and then the multiple trades we did with them last year, they have a good working relationship. So none of this would be surprising as far as that goes, but we'll see how it all shakes out and what the Rams have planned. Maybe they like what they saw in Tyler Higby and they want to see if they can multiply that with Gerald Everett, but uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I love it. What we're going to do is we're going to skip over to the other side. We're going to pick we're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to shift it over to the CBA. As I mentioned earlier in the show, so much stuff happening uh, in the last few days. And I want to talk about some of the player reaction, not only from Rams players, but players around the leagues. That's kind of been happening today as we've been here uh, kind of following the news. So we're going to talk about that. We've got more coming up with Jake Ellenbogen on the other side. This is Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, so we had some fun so far in this show talking about some some crazy Jared Goff-type movements. And uh, I think me and you both sit on that thing of uh, if Jared Goff, which we all kind of are leaning towards, we expect him to be back. And when I say leaning, I'm over here like 80%, 90%, 95% going. He's not going anywhere. It's just too difficult. But you got to keep in mind, some of those dates to keep in mind is March 19th, where the Rams really take on a big portion of his contract and then make it impossible to move. So if anything's going to happen, it would probably happen here uh, in the next coming weeks. So keep an eye out for that. But for the most part, uh, we're pretty set at what we are on the offense side of the ball. It's really figuring out that offensive line. But this whole new CBA that's going around has been interesting. All these different changes. We talked about it when it originally broke was actually last week with you on the podcast. And they talked about the additional playoffs. And now obviously we know about the 17 game regular season. Uh, it has been approved by the owners, and they sent it over to the NFLPA, who uh, then decided they want a full league player vote 
uh, and they've got over 2,000 players, and it must be a majority accepted for it to go into effect this year. Uh, when you're looking at the player representative, it was pretty crazy. It was close as far as what they wanted to do moving forward, as far as putting it out to all of the players. It passed by a 17 to 14 vote. Uh, there was one team that was actually absent, so uh, that's why it's only 31 votes there. But it passed just barely. They're sending it over to the players. Uh, pretty interesting, though, because we've seen some interesting feedback. Mar Marquise Pouncey uh, took to his Instagram and basically had a rant on there about, uh, you know, cares about the young players and he thinks this is garbage uh, and he needs the vets on other teams to stand up. And if you're a rookie and you can't afford rent during the lockout, come to him. He's going to help pay your rent. Uh, then you had Russell Wilson, a big voice in the NFL. Uh, he went to Twitter earlier today and said, the NFL and MLB are doing it right. Players come first. All NFL players deserve the same. We should not rush the next 10 years for today's satisfaction. I vote no. That was then later retweeted by Todd Gurley right before we jumped on this. So loaded question, loaded really more for your thoughts on this whole CBA process. Now it being in the hands of the players. How do you see this going down? Thoughts on just everything that's happened over the last week? Yeah, it, you know, it's funny because you have one hand where you're like, oh, these billion dollar owners and all that. And then you have the other one where you're like the millionaire players and all that. So, you, you know, it, I, I find myself in the middle of it. Um, I, I don't think the first proposal was that bad. I don't like the split. Like, why play 17 games so you can generate more money and then just be like, yeah, we have this set structure where you're going to split the money. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So we're going to make this the XFL where we're playing for the money. That's stupid. So, you know, and I'm not knocking the XFL. The XFL has to, right. you know, do something however they do it. Um, This is the NFL. This is the same, uh, you know, league that, the commissioner makes $35 million per season. Um, with that being said, I'm not hating on that. I don't think it's not like it's not warranted. He has a, it, you know, he's the commissioner of a huge organization. The problem I have is that I don't think that this is going to necessarily pass. First off, I don't know why you need 17 games. 16 games is fine. We talked about the playoff, uh, you know, that all of that, you know, kind of the, the revamping of the playoffs. I don't mind that. I actually kind of like it. And like you like I told you and you tend to agree with me on that. Um, I felt like, you know, kind of helped that out, uh, added more competition. There are certain things, though, where I'm like, all right, the owners are just trying to little, you know, sneak their way in there at the same time, you know, like J.J. Watt complaining uh, about you know certain things i'm like well jj you played like five games <laughs> last year right you know what I mean? it's like I i'm not trying to be a jerk i actually really like jj watt i think he's a, a, a awesome good, dude yeah um a good voice you know but it, i'm just being real you know and i think it's it's not one of those black and white things i don't think the owners are necessarily right and i don't think the players are necessarily right you know bottom line is i think we're kind of I would say we're biased participants in this because you and I will never see the money. I don't think that <laughs> right. the owners and the players are making, you know? And so with that, we're just looking at like, you guys are so greedy. I mean, this is, this is about one party that has more money than the other party and coming to an agreement where pretty much they're not going to 
you know, one party's not going to budge. And of course, they have the most money and they want more of that money. And the other party isn't going to really budge much either. Well, it's interesting because they they are you're talking about, you know, these two guys fighting for money. And there's you know, there's talks of the percentages being at about forty eight point five percent, you know, as far as the players and the rest goes to owners. Um, A few of the other things that have kind of came in rosters would be expanded from fifty three to fifty five with 48 players allowed Ooh. to dress for games rather than 46 practice squad would go from 10 players to 12 players and eventually uh, 14 players in 2020. Uh, a couple other things that I thought were interesting training camp padded practice would be reduced from 28 total practices down to 16. A five day acclimation period would precede summer practices. Uh, the cap on international games would most likely come down uh, and you're looking at not going back to back years on the road in in certain locations, unless you're the Jaguars who apparently seem to love it and they actually make more money overseas. So, and they then should. the other thing that they did take out that was kind of interesting. We talked about this earlier in the week, but they were talking about a two hundred fifty thousand dollar cap on that seventeenth game of the season. So if you made more than what that game check would be, uh, they have taken that out of the equation. So that kind of protects some of the players that make more money. They would get what they deserved on that last game. So they are, and it is, it's okay. crazy. I think I talked about this many times on the show, but you know, I've heard people describe it as basically the NFL giving up 10 things to try to get one back. But that one is that 17th game. Um, they also said that there probably will not be two buys in the week that they would God. also, uh, take out that fourth preseason game and that give that extra week to kind of prepare for the regular season. It wouldn't just disappear. They would just have another week of rest getting into the first regular season. So there's a lot on the table. It's just interesting because of these players reaction to it, especially some of the big time leaders and actually the NFL PA president, Eric Winston, kind of quote tweeted Russell Wilson and said, no one's rushing into anything. We have spent the last 300 days listening to our guys and negotiating this deal. The proposal will be sent to all players. And if somebody doesn't like the terms, once they've seen the entire package, I understand that's why every player gets a vote on it and every vote counts. I'm happy to hop on the phone with any player at any time. Anyone is always welcome to our rep meetings and join any numerous calls we've had or in the future. Let me know. He is trying to get this and be one with the players. It's interesting, man. It is a lot to kind of take in. And like you said, me and you kind of have a different look at it because of where we stand and how, you know, for us, it's more football, more football to cover, uh, more opportunity for getting into the playoffs, all that stuff, more primetime opportunity. But for them, it is money. It is their health. It's their body. So interesting stuff. We'll see how it shakes out. This thing is kind of, uh, they haven't put a timeline on what the players need to do as far as when they need to get it done. But uh, some of these things are holding on for this upcoming season. So we'll see on when it gets done. Most likely, you would assume in the next month or so before we got to the draft. Um, but yeah, this is going to shake up a lot of things. And, you know, at one point we thought no holdout. And now here we are with the players. If they decide to vote this down, you're back to square one and you could be looking at a holdout. Uh, in the coming years. So interesting stuff. Jake, man, I appreciate it for you coming on and talking about all this stuff with us. Don't forget to go give him a follow at Downtown Rams. Check out the website, all the stuff he's putting up. And uh, look forward to having you on next week, doing a mock draft and uh, keeping the conversation going as far as what the Rams are going to do in 2020. Absolutely, man. Uh, Always a pleasure. And uh, I'm just going to throw a little shameless plug in here. Um, I'm actually, well, Blaine Grusak and I are actually going to be doing all sorts of player profiles. We're doing it different this year, though. 
Um, we've changed the format on how we want to do it, and uh, we're going to try to do literally everyone that we can. So keep that uh, in mind. Um, Blaine just released um, Steven Montez, uh, quarterback, and uh, he just released DJ uh, Wonum. I think that I might have said that wrong. Um, I'm actually going to drop the Alex Highsmith uh, art, uh, yeah, the article um, profile. You'll probably see that tomorrow. Uh, well, you'll when you hear this, it'll be out, and uh, I'm gonna be working on some other stuff. So, uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're gonna, you know, really ramp this thing up, and then we'll have a big board, and you know, we'll share our big board out there and have some fun with it. Awesome, I love it. Shameless plugs are always welcome here, especially when you're putting out all the content that you guys are. So, go check all that stuff out over at Downtown Rams and follow them on Twitter as well. Uh, But with that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace. Locked on listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked on Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked on Fantasy Football, only on the Locked on Network.